0: You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hadrava and I am bringing another special episode of The Over 50 Entrepreneur podcast to you. Today's guests are Jonathan Stranger and Jeff Cole from Prairie Wolf Distillery. And I gotta tell you, it's a very interesting story, but right here in front of me in the Epic Studios, I have a 64 ounce container that I just got my hands on ironically yesterday. Uh, A good friend of mine took a drive up to Guthrie, Oklahoma yesterday and waited in line for 45 minutes to pick up some of this hand sanitizer but i think what's interesting is they they pivoted they being jonathan and the group over at prairie wolf distillery in this recent environment. And so I wanted to reach out to them, bring them to the, onto the show to talk a little bit about how they're dealing with all the disruption that's going on. So with that, let me just welcome to the studio's Jonathan Stranger, the owner of Prairie Wolf Distillery, and Jeff Cole, the sales manager. Guys, welcome to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast.
1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Appreciate being here, man. Yeah, happy to be here. Hi.
0: Well, why don't we just get right into it? But let's let's do a brief overview on your company and the origins of your company.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll back it up on it. We acquired Prayable Spirits um, in February of eighteen um, from the Merritt brothers that were doing an exceptional job and started up a a great craft distillery and decided to kind of move on to other pursuits. And uh, for me being in the hospitality industry, it was um, it wasn't necessarily a no brainer because it's not a sector I knew a lot about, but it flowed in with what we do. You know, being in the restaurant industry, I mean, especially now more than ever, is everyone knows even prior to this that it's risky. So with our overall company, you know, we've always built a strategy to try to divest our interest, but stay with what we know, food, beverage, hospitality. And that's kind of what led the decision to go ahead uh, with Prairie Wolf. Um, we developed uh, a rum. Um, using some Oklahoma ingredients that we were excited to launch. And, you know, that's where we started. You know, when we took it over, it's just an Oklahoma company. Uh, we've grown ever since Jeff has uh, taken Steed. We've, um, you know, grown to more states, um, brought in manufacturing for, you know, other um, spirits, other people that want to start their own spirits, um and doing the manufacturing as well as our own stuff. And that's kind of the, the broad basis of what we're doing. I mean, first and foremost, we are an Oklahoma company. Um, Oklahoma is our hometown, as well as Guthrie, Oklahoma, where the distillery is located. And, you know, our focus this past year, prior to this happening, has been just really being out and involved um, in both retail as well as restaurants and bars across the state in Oklahoma and, you know, and, and take care of the state. You know, we lower prices to make sure it was more accessible to people within Oklahoma being a smaller market, and, you know, in fact, had, had great success doing that um, and saw a great uh, growth pattern starting in 2020, and um, it kind of came, obviously, to a halt, but what we had seen, I, Jeff, I don't know if it was you or Eric, but someone had sent an email out to the group or a text about, you know, they heard about someone maybe doing hand sanitizer and should we do it, and... Dude, to be completely honest with you, that it wasn't, at that moment, we all didn't sit down and decide, okay, we're doing this full time. We decided, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's make like 5,000 little bottles, you know, and this is at the beginning of all this before it's gone to where we are sitting today, and we're like, yeah, we'll make a couple of bottles, we'll give them out to our customers, friends, the restaurant people um, that need them, and, you know, I'm sure that'll be fine, and I think Jeff, remind me if I'm wrong, but I think we like sent out a Facebook or a Instagram or a something, and then all of a sudden it kind of uh, the floodgates opened. Do you remember how that went about?
2: <clears throat> well, it wasn't necessarily that we sent out uh, personally from our accounts that uh, we were going to do this. It was sort of, uh, I guess it was the government, uh, and in some way or another, had let you know, like people that are working, that are working as buyers for hospitals. Um, it let them know that they had relaxed regulations on distilleries to create sanitizer, that they'd cut a lot of red tape uh, that normally we wouldn't be able to uh, to cross as, you know, a a producer of an ethanol that's consumable. So it was, you know, the day after we had kind of decided that we were, Going to buy a couple implements, uh, a couple of raw materials that we don't normally use. Uh, we thought that uh, we will we'll do this uh, for our community. It's a small investment, and we'll we'll donate largely. You know what we produce and try to recoup some of those uh, some of those donations through sales. And then the next day, uh, you know that information went out overnight. The next morning, I, I woke up to several emails from local area hospitals, their buyers um asking if we were indeed going to be able to uh step up and produce the sanitizer and i mean that was a shock number 1 because we were just playing with the idea and then you know to wake up to the need for thousands of gallons over day overnight was <laughs> i think that's when the floodgates really started to open and we took orders here and there but uh we didn't even start telling people that we were doing it i mean we were behind uh i think we you could say we were behind schedule on our own social media and putting it out there to the public that we were doing it by probably 3 to 5 days just because we were so busy trying to to change gears into into to making sure that we could produce on that kind of a level and then by the time we were able to tell people we were doing it we'd already been in business with 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 several hospitals so let, let yeah,
1: me I was going to say what Jeff was saying was probably from what we've dealt with was the biggest challenge was, you know, this is a truly a small craft distillery, you know, meaning we're selling, you know, 4,000, 5,000 cases a year going from with the setup to produce that just fine to having to do that per week. And that was one of the biggest challenge, but... You know, thankfully, with the times, a lot of people um, on state level, other industries, uh, supply chain people knew what we were doing and, you know, really helped us make this transition, I think, relatively quickly. Like, I don't want to sit here and pat ourselves on the back because we definitely, you know, whenever you jump into a brand new industry overnight with little to no knowledge of how it works, you know, we stubbed our toes a little bit. I think everyone, uh, I know myself and Jeff and our distiller, Eric, Can tell you anything and everything you would ever want to know about plastic bottles. And three weeks ago, (laughs) we could just tell you they were made of plastic. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's been a very steep learning curve that we've had to absolve very quickly.
0: Well, let let me ask you this, because this is a question that comes to my mind um, that I think our audience might be interested in, is walk me through where you guys would be if this opportunity hadn't presented itself.
1: I think without – so everyone understands, within our industry, you have on-prem and off-prem. Off-prem is your retail stores, your liquor stores, not in Oklahoma, but other states, grocery stores. And then you have your on-prem, which is your restaurants, your bars, coffee shops, cigar shops, whoever is allowed to sell it. And that was the majority of our business. A little over – probably 55 to 58% of our business was that sector on-prem. So when this happened – there goes half our business right away, gone. You know, we're a tight, small company, and at the time, we don't have a lot of overhead, thankfully, and we control and own most of our assets, so we don't have a lot of debt, which we're grateful for, besides private equity. Going into, um, so, I mean, we would have gone down by half, but not only has there been, you know, the sales of the sanitizer to buoy the business, and create a lot of jobs for people that we let go from other businesses that we had, which is a blessing. Um, we've also, because the brand name getting out there for what we're doing has helped the off-prem sales. I mean, Jeff, you know better than I do, but I think March is our best month this year and we're we're expecting to take it in the teeth. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're just speaking about alcohol sales, our month over month yes march is is it, we would look at march as, as a great month say nothing happened if, if all restaurants were still open we would still be doing the same and we would be training up uh and then what Jonathan is saying is you know half of our buyers are restaurants those are all gone but we're still training up so liquor stores have, you can tell that they've picked up in business yeah yeah at least we're seeing we're seeing support anyway
0: what I, what i like about that and and i think jonathan you're the one that pointed it out is you know you really found a way to keep your employees and even though they had to move into different roles i think right now that's a big deal um even if they they have to pivot as much as you have to pivot um so that, that's really good stuff he, here's here's my question um what have you learned through this process i mean i know this has been quick it's been fast and furious for you guys but any lessons that kind of stand out in your mind?
1: <laughs> For myself, we were actually, we had a text chain going on late last night, just a little bit of a, a support love session. It's okay to go ahead and call it that um, amongst <laughs> us. But the, I think more than anything, you know, going back a couple months ago, when we were talking about growing our distillery and growing that business and how to do it, you know, you kind of hit these blocks where a small guy in a really big ocean and, You know, can we do this? Can we do that? And the way the team has come together to execute 50X growth in a couple weeks, um, as, like I said, there have been, you know, there's been some hitches, but the way it's come together as of, you know, yesterday, um, something that I'm really proud of, uh, that I'm grateful we've been able to do it, and that we've gotten to do it together. You know, it's like anything, when you go into battle, everyone gets a little bit closer. Um, So I think the biggest thing we've learned is that we can do it other thing that's been incredibly cool to learn and watch is because, you know, as a company, well, at least for us and all the companies that we have, we want to do as much as we can to be stewards of our community, you know, and help however much we can. And that was really the whole idea of doing the sanitizer, which is giving it to people that might need it. And it's not necessarily partially, obviously, to deal with COVID-19, but on the other side to deal with the fear that people fear by not having enough or Am I going to be okay? I need to get these things and to quell that own personal, you know, internal suffering. And to be able to do that, and because of the way the business side of this sanitizer deal is gone, um, the amount of sanitizer that we've been able to give away is crazy. I mean, Jeff, you know the numbers better than I do. Um, Actually, do you want to talk about that, about Doug, and what the work he's done and and all that? Because that's probably the coolest part for me that what we've been able to do personally
2: yeah, yeah, if you want to start talking about Doug, Doug is uh Doug is huge. Doug is probably I'm I'm more than anything that we are doing here. I'm really proud of us and just like Jonathan said, proud of that we were able to come together and everybody's on board. We don't have any we don't have any negativity about any of this because we're all so grateful that we have the ability to give back. But I will say without Doug White, we would be in so much trouble because oh god, he he came to me, uh, he, I, the way he tells the story is he saw in the news, he heard the, he heard the word distillery and he heard the word sanitizer. And he knew, you know, you know, sanitizer is one of the like six essential things you need uh, this day and age, but, you know, outside of PPE, food and air and all this stuff. Right. Um, so he uh, wrote me an email. And, of course, at that, um, at that time, I was receiving hundreds of emails a day and his said you know kind of a generic my name is doug white i work with this company or i have i have a a nonprofit called emergency responder assistance program um we work directly with first responders and is there a way that i could work with you to get uh to make sure that our first responders have access to hand sanitizer for me i'm saying yes this is an obvious yes for us it's you have to choose you know who who needs help first and fastest and it seems to me like you know you know, first responders are a big deal in society. So uh, he came and met with us uh, one day and kind of gave us an idea of the scope of, uh, of, of what he was going to do. And so uh, being with emergency responders assistance program, he has access to, you know, fire chiefs, uh, sheriff's departments, uh, police stations, EMS, all that stuff. He kind of started a list, uh, you know, and, and, and said, you know, he was going to supply each one of these departments. Uh, with a certain amount of sanitizer. And he was, and and we were going, we committed to Doug that we would donate it to him to at least make one part of his life easier. Uh, And it started out, he came and we gave him, I think it was maybe 15 gallons or 20 gallons or something. And he was taking it to separate, you know, different uh, police stations around the, around the Metro area. And then we got to know Doug really well. Every time I get a sheriff, or a police chief or a fire chief that writes me an email um, in Oklahoma. Now I'm, up, I'm dealing with some in Kansas now too. Uh, I'm able to forward that to Doug. And Doug essentially vets those guys, uh, makes sure that there's no overlaps or there's not several people from the same department reaching out. Uh, and then he coordinates with their team to come and help us if we need any hands. Uh, and he takes uh, the sanitizer from us and distributes it throughout the state. Now, I don't know how many uh different agencies he's up to now. He told me three days ago that he added another hundred uh to a list that was already over a hundred. So we're well over we're well into the hundreds, and we're in as far as I know, we're in all seventy seven counties as well uh through Doug. That's and I correct. think we're up now to gosh, I think we're up to a thousand nope. That's got to be over a thousand gallons now because he took several totes with him just a couple of days ago. So he could centralize his pickup station to try to try to keep social distancing. So he has now a separate pickup station closer <laughs> to uh downtown Oklahoma city.
0: That is, that is awesome. I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, you're, you're doing so much for the community and we appreciate it and appreciate Doug and what he's doing in our first responders. And you guys, you know, you stepped in here. Um, What I want to know, just as you know, kind of these are quicker shows, so kind of coming to the end, but you've learned so much. I'm sitting here going, you guys have gotten a huge education in such a short amount of time. When we get back to whatever normal is going to look like, what do you think you're going to, is there anything that applies to what you're doing now that you'll take into business when you get back to normal?
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I'll go first. I mean, you know, this was one of those things that was kind of like, in terms of information, education, and demand, you know, just putting your mouth directly up to a fire hydrant and just opening wide. You know, like I mentioned earlier, just to know we have the ability to handle it and that confidence that goes along, I think sometimes that at earlier points in my life, that's been a thing where, you know, can I do it? Should I do it? You know, this was just, we just jumped off the cliff and went. Thankfully, something caught us. But, um, you know, it provides that. It shows us, you know, with Prairie Wolf, where we can go with it. Um, you know, our manufacturing capabilities. I mean, we, it was a blessing. We happened to buy the building next door, which added about another 14,000 square feet of space a month before all this happened. But it's just some kind of, you know, sitting there until we, we started, you know, work on it. Um, you know, it's shown us how to streamline everything that we're doing, how to it work incredibly more efficient. And from that company that I work with, it's kind of that joy that comes with that feeling of getting through it um, is starting to now kind of filter into the rest of our companies because everyone's been pitching in a hand. Every I think every company we have has done something – in or at Prairie Wolf at some point in time, and it's only getting more. And seeing all the companies come together and work together so well um, has been something incredible because the fact of the matter is once this passes, things are going to change. And it has shown me how well you don't have to keep these things separate. You know, you don't have to divide line that around the right cause and with the right language, people can work together very, very well. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway and, you know, also simply just grateful to have something to do right now, you know, for for the people out there that don't or have been laid off. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not trying to Lord over that at all. It's, um, you know, I'm, I don't do well sitting. Maybe it's the entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe it's, uh, you know, whatever it could be, but I, I, I just sit around and settle my thumbs and go crazy. So to have something to do, that's a good cause. Uh, right now is is a blessing
0: absolutely well listen we 've come to the end of this episode, and i 'm sorry because I feel like we could talk for hours. I hope to get you guys back to do a deeper dive, but you know I want to thank both of you personally not only are you exuding the entrepreneurial spirit but I think the 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 Oklahoma spirit that we've all all of us that have grown up here. Um, appreciate and we know well. So thank you for what you're doing. And if if anybody wants to learn about the distillery and what you guys are doing, how, how can they follow you or learn more about the company?
1: Yeah, so we've got, uh, there's uh PW Spirits on all social media handles and any direct questions can come to info at PrayWolfSpirits.com
0: Very good. Well, Jonathan there's and Jeff
1: There's a multitude of ways to, to get a hold of us.
0: Well, very good. And we'll make sure to put that in our show notes. Um, So Jonathan and Jeff, we appreciate you being on the show. Guys, be sure to check out our website, www.epicsbiz.com, for show notes um, on the podcast and other resources. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com slash formula. And remember, we're only getting started.